Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 27, verses 11 to 26, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 27, verses 11 to 26. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. They had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting at the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. This is the word of the Lord. These verses describe our Lord's appearance before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. That sight must have been astonishing to the angels of God. He who will one day judge the world allowed himself to be judged and condemned, though he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 9. He from whose lips Pilate and Caiaphas will one day receive the eternal sentence, suffered silently an unjust sentence to be passed upon him. Those silent sufferings fulfilled the words of Isaiah, As a sheep before her shares is silent, so he opens not his mouth. Isaiah 53 verse 7 To those silent sufferings, believers owe all their peace and hope. Through them, they will have boldness in the day of judgment, who in themselves would have nothing to say. Let us learn from the conduct of Pilate, How pitiful is the condition of an unprincipled great man. Pilate appears to have been inwardly satisfied that our Lord had done nothing worthy of death. We are told distinctly that he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Left to the exercise of his own unbiased judgment, he would probably have dismissed the charges against our Lord and let him go free. But Pilate was governor of a jealous and turbulent people. 
His great desire was to procure favor with them and please them. He cared little about how much he sinned against God and conscience, so long as he had the praise of man. Though willing to save our Lord's life, he was afraid to do it if it offended the Jews. And so, after a feeble attempt to divert the fury of the people from Jesus to Barabbas, and a feebler attempt to satisfy his own conscience by washing his hands publicly before the people, he at last condemned one whom he himself called a just person. He rejected the strange and mysterious warning which his wife sent to him after her dream. He stifled the monstrance of his own conscience. He delivered Jesus to be crucified. Behold in this miserable man a lively emblem of many rulers of this world. How many there are who knew well that their public acts are wrong, and yet have not the courage to act up to their knowledge. They fear the people. They dread being laughed at. They cannot bear being unpopular. Like dead fish, they float with the tide. The praise of man is the idol before which they bow down, and to that idol they sacrifice conscience, inward peace, and an immortal soul. Whatever our position in life may be, let us seek to be guided by principle and not by expediency. The praise of man is a poor, feeble, uncertain thing. It is here today and gone tomorrow. Let us strive to please God, and then we may care little who else is pleased. Let us fear God, and then there is none else to whom we need be afraid. Let us learn from the conduct of the Jews described in these verses the desperate wickedness of human nature. The behavior of Pilate afforded the chief priests and elders an occasion for reconsidering what they were about. The difficulties he raised about condemning our Lord gave time for second thoughts. But there were no second thoughts in the minds of our Lord's enemies. They pressed on their wicked deed. They rejected the compromise that Pilate offered. They actually preferred having a wretched felon named Barabbas set at liberty rather than Jesus. They clamored loudly for our Lord's crucifixion, and they wound up all by recklessly taking on themselves all the guilt of our Lord's death in words of portentous meaning, His blood be on us and our children. And what had our Lord done that the Jews should hate him so? He was no robber or murderer. He was no blasphemer of their God or reviler of their prophets. He was one whose life was love. He was one who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Acts 10.38 He was innocent of any transgression against the law of God or man. And yet the Jews hated him and never rested until he was slain. They hated him because he told them the truth. They hated him because he testified that their works were evil. They hated the light because it made their own darkness visible. In a word, they hated Christ because he was righteous and they were wicked, because he was holy and they were unholy, because he testified against sin and they were determined to keep their sins and not let them go. Let us observe this. There are few things so little believed and realized as the corruption of human nature. Men imagine 
that if they saw a perfect person, they would love and admire him. They flattered themselves that it is the inconsistency of professing Christians which they really dislike and not their religion. They forget that when a really perfect man was on earth, in the person of the Son of God, he was hated and put to death. That single fact goes far to prove the truth of Edward's remark. Unconverted men would kill God if they could get at him. Let us never be surprised at the wickedness there is in the world. Let us mourn over it and labor to make it less, but let us never be surprised at its extent. There is nothing which the heart of man is not capable of conceiving or the hand of man doing. As long as we live, let us mistrust our own hearts. Even when renewed by the Spirit, they are still deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for his 